Happy Thursday again. Welcome to the Healthy Indoors Live Show. I'm your host, Bob Krell. I'm founder and publisher of Healthy Indoors Magazine. And as always, it's great to have you here. Um, today's show is, uh, we have a provocative title, is uh, Molden Buildings uh, Organized Crime. And I know it's a provocative title, but you'll see why later while we get into it with our guest, Sharon Kramer, who will be joining us in a moment. Um, so anyway, uh, many of you are watching the show uh, from our Healthy Indoors online global community platform. And that's great. Those of you who are watching it there, uh, we archive all our shows. We live stream all our programs there. So it's a great place for you to be. Uh, the community uh, also, as community members, we uh, started this program uh for Ask Me Anything events. And this was, uh, we launched these back in August. So every month or at least monthly, we offer uh, an, an opportunity to have a, an online discussion with an industry expert, subject matter expert that we bring on and we actually live stream it with a Zoom uh, call into our platform. Uh, so you as a community member have the opportunity to even engage with these experts. Our last one in September was with uh, Jeff May, who is a well-known and long-established indoor environmental consultant and author in the industry. Uh, Dr. David Krause will be doing our October one. Uh, in order to get that, you need to be a member of the community. So if you'd like to know more about that, uh, go to healthyindoors.global. That'll get you uh, to the uh, community uh, information site and how you can register and become a member. So we certainly encourage that. Um, and again, uh, you, so many of you may be watching this show in other places. There's uh, We uh, stream it live to uh Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, there's a bunch of other places. This is our link, though, for the uh, this particular show. It's global.healthyindoors.com forward slash healthyindoors live show. Yeah, you're not going to remember that, but that's okay. So um, we're going to be uh, right back with our guest, uh, Sharon Noonan uh, Kramer, uh, uh, right after a word from our sponsor. So Sharon Noonan Kramen, our Kramer, excuse me, is an advocate for integrity and in environmental health marketing and honesty in courts. Uh, she's been a, just a champion of this this aspect in the industry for so long, decades now. So I guess without further ado, let me bring you in Sharon. Hi, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Uh, quite well, actually. Um, I, this topic's near and dear to me as well, too. Um, somehow, in you know, obviously I've been an IAQ guy for a long time, going almost over 30 years now uh but microbial issues in the indoor environment water damaged buildings this, this has been this is not a new problem this has been a problem in my entire career i've been you know dealing with it and um i, I think you know I, let's let's for people who are not familiar with you let, let's get have you give a little history in the background what what got you here you know like why what what happened in your in your world that drove you into this topic and into you know being an advocate for trying to improve this situation? Okay, well, um, I have a degree in marketing, and um, in uh, two thousand and one, I had a leak in an ice maker line in a refrigerator, and um, our insurer sent us these people who had no clue what they were doing. They cross contaminated the whole house, and then. Um, they, they ruined it. We couldn't go home again. And I was getting sick. And in the process, you know, I've always been treated like an honest person, respectable person. And then all of a sudden, when I was saying, I, I don't feel good, my house, you can't there. Oh, you're just somebody who's out to scam the insurance. So it was really devastating about, um, you know, going through this horrible thing and, and being called a liar and a scammer at the same time. So any, my, our case settled with our homeowner insurer in 2003, and I was already treating with the um, late Dr. Marinkovich up in, in the Bay Area. And so by that time, I was pretty much all better. But I couldn't, I couldn't walk away from the issue in good conscience because I knew there were um, a lot of like 
single mothers in low income housing and whose children were getting sick and they were be tr being treated like dirt too. And so I, I, I'm an old salesman is what I am. I always mean I live in sales, but so I thought, okay, well, I'm just going to go to Washington DC and I'll tell them there's a problem and they will fix it. I, I didn't understand politics at the time. Um, and so that took me into um, a whole world that is, it's just very ugly and it's very insidious. And the problems that were created by allowing expert defense witnesses to set the standard of care of what constitutes evidence-based current accepted science uh, beginning in 2001, they are still plaguing this issue today. And it's people in moldy military housing, the kids in dorms and the moldy dorms, low-income housing, they still are not being told that the water-damaged buildings can cause disabling neurocognitive difficulties. And when they put it together on their own, they can't find anyone to help them because the doctors are being told, no, that's proven not to be. So, you know, that's what I set out to um, shut down. Uh, it's been 18 years ago now, and um, I, I've taken some bites out of the crime over the years, but I haven't been able to completely eradicate it. Um, but um, in some ways, the long haulers from COVID are helping because they're helping to establish that, yeah, these certain environmental exposures can cause disabling neurocognitive problems. So that makes it easier to um, be taken seriously on it. And, you know, I just, I'm just an old canary in the coal mine and I just keep chirping away and I'm, I'm, I'm going to knock out that fraud that it's scientifically proven water damaged buildings don't cause neurocognitive difficulty. Um, you know, well, I know and, I win. I'm just yeah, and, you know one of the it. problems. One of the problems, Sharon, is that you know in this industry now, as a professional and consultant in the industry, I, I go to conferences and I, I see my peers, other people in the industry, make comments like that too. And I, and again, I can't always comment whether they're they they are defense side expert witnesses. They might be. They might be what they make their money from. But I think I think there's also this misinformation that well, the science isn't proven. And it's like my argument is like even if the science wasn't proven, you know, it certainly hasn't been disproven. Like you know, the the claim that you know it's just that's not the case so maybe it's not been thoroughly proven with enough peer-reviewed material so my argument to that would be we need more research and you know we know from just historic data what's going on just thousands and thousands and thousands of cases of people having issues that there's a problem here you know it's like mm -hmm. maybe you don't know all the parameters but that that doesn't mean you disprove it it means you, you need more research <laughs> you know you need to understand it better i Anyway, right. it's a challenge. Mm -hmm. Obviously, forces lined up against you early on in this. You know, it's especially with you know that case that you were involved with. That it ultimately ended up you you being uh, tossed in jail for for a short period too. With oh yeah, the, court, the California courts have been framing me for libel for one accurate sentence for seventeen years because I dared to expose how this scam works that it's uh, in, it involves hhs it involves expert defense witnesses medical associations think tanks the u.s chamber of commerce they all built this little marketing campaign based on this junk science risk assessment model as false proof that moldy buildings don't cause brain injuries and um you know the discrimination has been horrible against people who have the brain injuries but I'm kind of like the the victim's victim because I I spoke out to stop it, and um, I got heart, harshly retaliated against. So, um, but I have I have Javier Becerra on video from 2017 pledging to investigate this organized crime when he was California Attorney General. Mm -hmm. Our paths crossed. Um, actually, because I was working the corruption in the court side of the issue at the time. But um, I don't think he even <laughs> understood what he said he would do. So I'm um, in the process of contacting him again and reminding him, hey, you know that 
criminal investigation you said I could have? Well, you're helming the federal department where it started 20 years ago, and you need to make that end. So, yeah, I mean, and that's, you know, so, so I mean, you, your thoughts and your, your claims are that it's a systemic issue. It's, it's, so this is this is something that goes far deeper than even just lobbyists and, you know, I mean, or maybe not much deeper than lobbyists because it's always follow the money trail. Um, it's not hard for me as a professional in the industry for 30 plus years to understand that there are vested interests that really don't want to exacerbate if that's the word I dare use, uh, you know, the severity of mold exposure, right, in water damaged buildings, because they have constituents, you know, whoever they represent, uh, you know, are on the hook for millions and billions of dollars of liability, if that's the case. So I, I get it. Right. I, I might get there's, there's a lot of money, you know, not wanting this to come out. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, that's what I don't, I never ask, like, um, you know, the CDC or other places, hey, will you add this science into your policies? Because I'm not a scientist. I'm not a physician. That's not what I do. But, but what I what I think has made me um, such a target is because I do go to decision makers and I say, hey, this is scientific fraud. Can you get that out of your policies? So I I, I don't try to get new research into policies. I just work to knock the junk science that's already mm -hmm. in there out. And, um, you know, the, in um, 2000, and I'm getting pretty good at it sometimes, too. Well, I mean, you've been, and that's the thing, you know, I, we, in the pre-show we mentioned, you know, how, how long you've been at this and not, you know, not because you're profiting from it. This is something that, you know, this is, you, you appear to have made this a life mission to actually try to, uh, correct us? Well, I didn't mean to make it a life mission. I just meant to go to D.C. and tell them there was a problem. <laughs> and then I, apparently I got a little too close to the flame. So, um, <laughs> then they, so, but so I'm, I, what I want to talk about is how it remains a scientific fraud in U.S. public health policies, physician education, insure claims handling practices, and toxic torts that it's scientifically proven moldy buildings do not cause brain injuries. So that's what I want it understood that this is an organized crime. It began 21 years ago by weaponizing HHS for the insurance industry, followed by weaponizing the California courts to cover it up. And um, I just, I want people to understand why they think it's proven moldy buildings do not cause brain injuries. Yeah. And, so and that, again, yeah, what you're citing is the basis for that is, is science that doesn't really line up. And, and, and I, you know, back when your case was active and stuff, you know, in the industry, it was before I was involved uh, with the healthy indoors uh, publication. Um, uh -huh. I followed it too. It's just as a consultant, I was an IQ consultant in the industry. And, and to me, that was, just, I took, heavy interest in what we what you were involved with and some of the uh specifics in your case so it's like it, and it's unfortunate because people have cited that as you know as justification for not acting on these things in buildings have cited what the was cited the, cited the junk you know the what, what you're calling junk science which i i don't disagree with that to be honest um, yeah it's, and it's unfortunate because you, you get as a consultant working you know 30 plus years i've seen hundreds of cases of people that have been affected adversely affected by it and and, and also you know seeing seeing them uh line up with their medical doctors their medical providers don't believe what they're telling them and it's just it's it's heartbreaking mm -hmm. actually to watch it it's just it's I mean, to me, it's just disgusting. These guys have been making money as expert defense witnesses for 20 years, claiming moldy buildings do not, they've proven moldy buildings do not cause brain injuries. How many cases have they profited from where the person is experiencing brain injuries and they're, um, they're profiting by using junk science to claim it's not proven? And that's bad enough. But what they also did is they bastardized the policies to support their lying. 
And so what that causes is when people are sick, they can't get help from doctors who think they're lying. So, um, so I'm just, can I just give you a quick rundown of how the fraud came to be and how it remains that way? Sure, absolutely. I'd, yeah, I'd love to hear that. Okay. So in 2000, um, Melinda Ballard, the late Melinda Ballard, um, went on CBS, The Insidious Mold, and she told the truth nationally about her husband having disabling brain injury from their moldy mansion in Texas. And um, she and her child were coughing up blood, pulmonary hemorrhaging. And so it started getting out there on a national level. And then in June 2001, Melinda got a $32 million plaintiff verdict in a mold trial. I mean, it, the verdict didn't have anything to do with if it was proven the buildings caused the illnesses or not. But it was for um, bad faith, ensure bad faith and punitive right. damages. And so, um, and then it got reduced way down too. But anyhow, because people were becoming aware that, yeah, these buildings really can't cause these serious illnesses. In that large jury verdict, the insurance industry just went, yeah, we don't want to be responsible for all this. So they ran to their legislators and um, it was under the George Bush Jr. administration that this stuff started. Um, veteran policy, environmental policy writers from CDC NIOSH, like um, Brian Harden and um, e Elena Page was there. There was a conference in D.C. on May 13th and 14th that Ron Gotts sponsored. And, um, you know, there were a lot of the scientists from Big Tobacco were there, which was him, um, Lise Haley, Harriet Burge, um, Kelman, uh, and then there were those from CDC NIOSH, which I'm not sure if they were actually there or their papers were presented, okay. but it was um, Harden, Elena Page, Doug Trout, um, a couple others. And, and that is when it was just like a, a takeover of science in, in policies. And um, so then in the October of 202, the American College of Occupational Environmental Medicine came out with this so-called evidence-based position statement. But when you look at it, it was written by expert defense witnesses, Harden, Kelman, and um, Andy Saxon of UCLA. And I mean, they just promoted this just utter nonsense as false proof that moldy buildings do not cause these injuries. Um, Harden and Kelman had concocted this, this toxicological risk model. I call it the Veritox theory. And all they did, they took a study of uh, Dr. Carol Rouse, where she had blasted mold into the trachea of rats. Mm -hmm. And then they added extrapolations and hypotheticals to it. And they falsely professed to prove that current scientific evidence does not support the proposition um, inhaled mycotoxins and homeschooler, it hurt anyone. But you can't do that. They took, you can't take a rat study of mold blasted in trachea of rats, add some bells and whistles, and falsely profess to prove that all these people who are being exposed, um, you know, chronically and at low doses and to multiple biocontaminants and all routes of exposure, dermal inhalation, ingestion. Can't, you can't do that. That's not science to use that piece of shit and claim that that proves all these people with brain injuries are lying. So that was in 2002. In 2003, the U.S. Chamber of Commerce paid Hardin and Kalman to um, author a position statement. Actually, the check came from the Manhattan Institute think tank. And now that little piece of garbage, the Veritox theory, was marketed to the building science or building um, real estate insurance industries that that it was scientifically proven toxic mold is uh, is the, all these claims about toxic mold are just because of trial lawyers and media hype. So and the and the basis for that was was really all in this one study, right? This one limited, yeah, very limited focus. Yeah. Okay. It's, 
it's not even a study. Carol Rao did a study of, of mold being blasted into the trachea. It was That was a mechanistic study. Sure. The problem is the extrapolations of Harden and Kelman and what they falsely professed they had proven far more than you ever can with that. And, and from that, this whole this whole empire has been built that it's proven moldy buildings do not cause brain injuries. Um, so then it went to um, the American Academy of Allergy and Immunology in 2005. Andy Saxon authored that paper with um, some other guys. I forget who all it is. Jay Portnoy. Jay, Jay didn't actually author it. But um, anyhow, they have in their paper, and thus we agree with the uh, ACOM mold statement. So basically, you have that little spin in the quad AI paper that refers to the ACOM statement. And from that, that's how it got parroted to the immunologist that has proven moldy buildings do not cause brain injuries. And then the American College of Medical Toxicology put out their mold position statement, and it was authored by um, Daniel Sudikin and Thomas Kurt, their expert defense witnesses in mold litigation too. And they took, they cited to the Quad AI statement, the ACOM statement, and they spun um, a paper that was about uh, brain injuries from mold, olfactory, I forget that. Anyhow, they misquoted that one and they used that as false proof. See, this proves moldy buildings do not cause brain injuries. What's so bad about ACMT is that um, HHS funds them through uh, the Agency of Toxic Substance Disease Registry to disseminate information to physicians. So, I mean, it's a direct link from HHS to promoting junk science through these medical associations to teaching the doctors that the buildings don't cause brain injuries to then using it in court to um, lie as expert defense witnesses when helping their clients avoid liability for causation, disability, and death. So I, I've been able to knock it down a bit with help of honest policy influencers over the years, like um, Mike Hudson from um, OSHA stayed on ACOM to set sunset their mold position statement for a long time. Um, and so it's been sunset, but they still promote it and as science, and it's still on the um, NIH PubMed and um, so it's still being cited, obviously. It's still being cited. Yeah. And yeah. I you know, I read these depositions. These guys are getting sneakier. They don't cite to their own work in the ACOM paper. What they do is they cite to the Quad AI paper. Um, yes, and it's proven Quad AI says moldy buildings don't cause brain injuries. But when you look at it, it's because they're citing to their work. Um, in 2019, I got contacted by some military mothers who were like, the um, Navy Marine Corps Public Health Center had put out a new guidance for clinicians. And it was that that false concept was in there that it's proven moldy buildings don't cause brain injuries. You know, I'm speaking in plain language. I'm not quoting exact quotes here. Sure. But anyhow, I, I could see, okay, so they're just parody, they're using quad AI to get to the ACOM nonsense. And they were very gracious. I called, I just contacted them at the um, Navy Marine Corps Public Health Center. And just in a couple of emails, I was able to show, hey, you know, you guys are um, teaching the military doctors with debunked scientific fraud. And um, they took it out. So, uh, you know, I don't know what they ultimately ended up with in there, but they did take out promoting the false concept that it's proven moldy buildings don't cause brain injuries. So um, it's been a long haul because yeah. California courts have been used since 205 to um, try to make me look like a malicious liar about HS getting corrupted <laughs> um, in start beginning in late 201, early 202. And um, 
you know, I just keep, I keep chipping away. I always am looking over my shoulder because I know I'm probably going to get retaliated against like this, who, you know, who knows what's going to happen to me for this complaint. I'll probably get, they always do it through a collateral attack. I mean, but here you are 21 years into this and mm -hmm. obviously, you know, you're doing, you know, you don't gain anything by being here doing, you know, even being on this show saying this, there's, there's no personal gain for you. If anything, you put yourself in jeopardy. So, um, well, so I would like to stop being deemed a malicious liar. That would yeah, be, that would well, be a personal gain for me. Well, that, that yeah, that, that's, that's always a plus, but yeah, so, so here we are. And you, you mentioned earlier, um, you know, not post pandemic, but we're on, you know, the waning part of at least, yeah, I, mean, I, I hate to say that because people are dying every day. So I don't want to say post pandemic because many people are still being affected. But we, we came off of, uh, you know, a, a once in our lifetime, hopefully, uh, global event that got everybody very focused on the indoor environment and potential exposures to things in the indoor environment, microbiological things, right? Viral, but still nonetheless, still thinking, you know, breathing, you know, inhalation, that, that sort of thing. So I, I think society-wise, we're more attuned to indoor air quality and exposure issues. So how, how do you, in, in your opinion, how does that frame up for maybe pushing this, you know, trying to further push the narrative of that water damaged buildings really are causing health issues in people, you know, is it, is that, is that an easier message to, to get out to people now since they're, you know, we've already dealt with, you know, uh, SARS-CoV-2, you know, airborne pathogen. Um, somewhat. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I belong in a, um, chat group with the long haulers, the COVID long haulers. And they um, have trouble, too, having their doctors acknowledge that their neurocognitive difficulties and a lot of things that are happening to them are caused by long COVID. But it's on a, um, a broader scale with the public, it's become more uh, commonly accepted knowledge that, yeah, these environmental exposures can cause uh, chronic neurological and immunolog immunological problems. Um, but I, I don't really care what people understand or know. I just want the decision makers to get the fraud out of their policies, which are used as false proof that things are not, things that are happening are not happening. So, I, I, you know, I'm not a scientist. I'm not going to advance the understanding of long COVID. I'm not going to research how the neurocognitive problems occur. Well, I have a degree in marketing. I, I can see when fraud is being marketed and how it's being used to impact decisions. And so that's what I want. I want HHS to stop marketing the junk science of the expert defense witnesses in mold litigation. And yeah, I mean, you're looking to level the playing field, right? I mean, that, yeah, that's, that's the bottom line. Mean. Yeah, yeah. Which, which, I mean, that to me, that seems like a, that's a, a reasonable position to take, um, and and that's that's part of the problem. There's there's always been a lot of information in this industry. Mold in in my entire career now, thirty going on thirty seven years in the indoor environmental industry, um, mold has always been this contentious topic you know mold and microbiological but it always seems you know it's the m word mold is a big one and uh you know there's there's just part of what you talk about too is just truth and marketing uh companies that are involved providing uh consulting and remediation services and maybe products associated with that there, there's been a lot of you know i'll say at minimum puffery and at maximum flat out fraud, you know, by many organizations. Um, mm -hmm. And, and this, it just seems like this is like always been the black eye of the indoor environmental industry. So yeah, you see that changing. Um, you know, I try to stay away from the IAQ guys most of the time. Cause they just, so do I, I don't really like the, I don't like us very much to be well, honest. <laughs> they just, they drive me crazy because they, they're so technical and they want to, they, they have to know how many angels dance on the head of a pen before they'll. And so, I mean, it's not that I don't like the IAQ guys. It's just that they drive me crazy. So, 
So I, I try to stay away from them as much as possible. Well, I'll do my best to, to, to not be that type of IQ guy. And honestly, <laughs> I can I concur with you because there's a, there's a certain aspect of the higher educated people on the IQ side, the consulting side. Some of the, you know, tend to want to be overtly technical, throw acronyms at, you know, ad nauseum to the point where it's just, it's ridiculous. And they can't, in lay person's terms, explain a situation to somebody and communicate readily. That's a big issue. That's always been an issue in this industry. Uh, but I think from a marketing standpoint, I think many organizations use that te terminology to actually, you know, foster almost scare tactics and be able to just scare people with, you know, scaring people with terminology and, you know, like, you know, and that's unfortunate. You know, I've yeah. always tried to be the voice of reason my, my whole time in the, in the industry. Um, but so, so, you know, to that point, um, you know, here we are. This is this is a problem that hasn't gone away. You know, you, you got involved in this 20 plus years ago, but here we are today and we still have water damaged buildings and we still have microbiological stuff, you know, in the buildings that's causing, you know, health impacts on people. And has it gotten better? Has it gotten worse? What do you think? Um, I, I think it's actually gotten worse in a lot of ways because what happened, I mean, um, the, the guys that came into this issue from the to big, big tobacco, you know, issue, they should have been called on the carpet for what they did in that issue, but they weren't. And that's how they've been able to thrive and, um, influence, corrupt policies in other environmental exposure areas and um, so they can use it to lie in court. So it's not, it's, it goes beyond the mold issue here. Um, defending science and um, union of concerned scientists and, you know, they, they work really hard to keep these guys fingers out of the federal policy influencing pies and keep them off of committees. And I, I support those organizations. And so what, what they're doing in the mold issue is the same thing that was done in the tobacco issue and they do it in other issues too. And they've gotten um, more influential over the years because you know, if you're allowed to get away with something for so long, there are some politicians out there who've probably been helping you. <laughs> and, um, it's gotten more insidious as far as advancing the understanding of causation and cures for um, environmental injuries, if that makes sense. It's across the board. They just, and from, from what I see, it's gotten um, worse. Well, and, and you know what, and to the point where you said, you know, multiple uh, constituents as far as, uh, uh, environmental hazards right asbestos we still have yet to ban asbestos in the united states mm -hmm. you know we've spent literally probably trillions of dollars at least you know hundreds of billions of dollars on asbestos abatement over the years and all the money spent with the hero programs at schools and yet and here we are we're still importing asbestos you know contained products into the united states I mean, yeah, have yeah. we have we slowed the amount of it being used? Certainly, but it's still. I think most consumers don't realize how much asbestos is still out there. And again, you know, so so this tactic and the, but you, you know, you did mention in the pre-show the the uh, big tobacco's tactic was to try to uh, push blame for indoor environmental issues to other aspects. Because I know, like back when I was first coming up in the industry, Big Tobacco was funding most of the IAQ research as long as you didn't talk about in indoor environmental tobacco smoke. You know, as long yeah. as you researched everything else, fiberglass, <laughs> you know, you know, every, right. every, everything else was on the table. Chemicals. Sure. Absolutely. Research all that, you know, couldn't have any ETS findings in there. Uh, but I mean, this is a little different than that, right? Because it's not really there. Is the blame being shifted to somebody, you know, I, I mean, is the tactic is just flat out denying that it even occurs. Right. Is that. Well, with the big tobacco and, you know, I told you, I, I, I've read the UCSF Tobacco Leg Legacy Library. I'm such a geek, probably more than most people have. <laughs> and um, and they, um, you know, primarily what they did in the tobacco industry was they they did. They found alternative probable causation of illness to cast doubt on the tobacco smoke. So they were, that's, that's you know, 
maybe not quite ethical, but it's also not um, criminal. What all they did, they were selling doubt of causation for their mm-hmm. clients. That's what they do for a living. But in the mold issue, it's a little different because they crossed the line and they used HHS to do it. They, instead of just saying, you can't prove that moldy buildings cause brain injuries, they created scientific fraud and said, we can use this as false proof that moldy buildings do not cause brain injuries. So that's where the criminality is. Mm-hmm. And that's a big difference. There's, there, there's, it is. There, there is a big difference between those two scenarios. Right. It's yeah. one, it's, um, one is, what do they call it? selling absence of evidence but the other is selling evidence of absence when it's not real evidence mm-hmm. of absence it's it's fraud um so you know i know i'm probably gonna get i am probably gonna get severely retaliated against for this but you know I'm not shutting up well, yeah. And, and, you know, it's funny, uh, Susan Valenti, our editor from Healthy Indoors, you know, uh, referred to you as the Rodney Dangerfield of mold. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, it's like, no, because I'm really, I'm, I mean, you've taken a lot of heat. You've taken a lot of heat from industry people over the years, too. You know, I, you know, I, I so I have no, no doubt that, you you know, at times you don't think kindly of the indoor environmental, you know, the our industry because our industry hasn't really embraced your message a lot, at least many members of it. And, and I guess you could argue that many of those, you know, consulting members probably work on the defense side because <laughs> there's a lot deeper well, pockets think, over there. Um, yeah. I think that's a lot of it, but I think a lot of it too is, you know, how you get caught up in mob mentality. Sure. And um, I think a lot of those guys just assumed I was an, an idiot and a liar and they team, you know, they get in and kind of gang, up with it and that's why they were so ugly but some of them i think just don't like me i you know i don't really care i'm not shutting up well, there's also i mean let's face it there's a you know i mean it's changing but there's there was a was and still is to some extent a, a major white male bias in our industry and as far as the professionals i mean let's, let's you know that is changing but you know 20 years ago i mean come on you know oh yeah 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 it was awful and um you know it's still i'm amazed at how some people like in the uh chronic fatigue me cfs issue how they've hung in there they mean like 30 years longer trying to get it recognized that water damaged buildings um is typically a, a causative factor for those symptoms too and um, it's just, I was on a, I was on an NIH webinar a couple of weeks ago, and one of them asked, "How come you're not searching, uh, researching water damaged buildings as the cause of CFS?" I mean, and the researcher said, "Oh, you know, that's just like that's there's too much in it. It's too complex. And besides, the toxicologists say blah blah blah." I'm like, "Oh God." Exactly. But but water damage. I mean, if you think about it. it Many, I mean, and again, I've, you know, I've personally had the opportunity to do thousands of investigations in my 30 years. And, you know, and, and I know this from colleagues, you know, just being, being involved in the industry for, for this length of time, a good portion, and I'm not going to say all, but a good portion of the buildings that we're called into to investigate, you know, suspected indoor environmental issues, indoor air quality problems, um, a good portion of that tracks back to water, you know, previous water damage or current water damage issues in the building. Not always. I mean, some, you know, sometimes it's right. strictly chemical issues or ventilation issues, but, but usually a building that's problematic and people are experiencing problems. There's a history of water damage in that building. It's almost, you know, pretty high that's likelihood, pretty high likelihood, at least from my experience. And again, I'm speaking, you know, to what, what I know. So um, you're saying, even if it's like, um, you get called out because a building has a chemical problem, when you look at the history, it looks like there might have been a water damaged. Because yeah, it seems they're problematic. Because they're problematic buildings. You know, that's the thing. I think. I mean, sometimes it's a single constituent that's causing an issue. You know, and and then, and that's more cut and dry, and it's easier to identify, and you find it. But a lot of times, I I do believe there's like a mix. It's like a soup, right? You know, what what we're mm-hmm. being exposed to is some of this, some of this, some of this, and often buildings that people are having, you know, health complaints in. There's there's an underlying water damage issue too, maybe in addition to other causations. 
It's not yeah. uncommon. It's not uncommon. Right. Well, most buildings, think about it too, Sharon. In the history, you know, or in the life of almost any building, there's going to be a water event or water events. That's that just plumbing breaks, floods happen. You know, that, that's not that uncommon. Uh-huh. Right. How many buildings are you going to find that haven't had a water event if they've been around a while? It's, I think, it, I mean, you're seeing a lot of dorms now, it seems like, where the, the kids are complaining from colleges all over that they're having um, health issues. And I don't know what, it, I mean, is that because of flooding? But it's usually in the ventilation system. Is that because of poor maintenance or is that because of flooding? I I don't understand uh, yes. why that, yeah, all why of it. that all of seems it. to be more prevalent. Well, all, all of it. Think about it. Most dorms, especially like with, you know, state universities, I mean, they're low, the low, well, it's almost all universities, but uh, you know, low bidder builds the builds the facility. A lot of the, the building stock, the, the student housing in a lot of these facilities is pretty old, built in the 60s and 70s. There was a lot of infrastructure built up in, you know, during those periods. They weren't designed that well. You know, the, the, so mm -hmm. building envelope issues, they're leaky. They've got, you know, they've got a lot of inherent design issues and then they haven't been maintain, maintained all that well. So the likelihood of moisture issues in those buildings is pretty high. You know, it's, it's not uncommon. You know, so, but, I mean, it, it, I it stands to reason. Yeah. What I'm trying to understand is in this a long time, and there have been dorms over the years that have been problematic and all, but I'm seeing that there seems to be a lot more of them occurring now. And, you know, is something. Oh, freezing up a little, or one of us is freezing here. Ah, the choice of internet. Stay with us, Sharon. We'll hopefully have you back here in a sec. Yeah, we're, we're experiencing a little bit of a feed issue with Sharon. Um, let's see if we can uh, resolve this quickly in real time. Sharon, you there? Uh, well, um, so we are having a technical difficulty and... Um, of course, that's unfortunately something that live events are subject to. Um, so we're hoping to be able to get Sharon back on the line here to, to continue this discussion. Um, is, but in in any event, um, I, I think this is something I'd like. To, I'd love to see uh, some commentary in our chat on the uh, on the uh, Healthy Indoors Online community. If you're uh, watching the show, uh, give us some commentary. Uh, or, you know, if you're watching this after the event, uh, if you're a member of the community, you can go into the comment thread underneath. If you're not, um, by all means, um, send us an email. We, we, we would uh, welcome uh, some input from you to uh, global, uh, excuse me, uh, yeah, global at uh, healthyindoors.com is the email address that you could uh, reach out to us at um, and uh, be able to comment on this. So, it's an important issue, regardless of, you know, regardless of where we're at with this. I mean, obviously, Sharon's been involved a long time. I've followed her story for, you know, 20 plus years now. And uh, as a consultant in this industry myself, um, had the opportunity to see just numerous events with water damaged buildings and problems happening. And one of the things that I've always uh, felt and I think needs to be stressed more is that mold you know, the microbial issues in buildings. Ah, we got Sharon back. Mold, mold is a symptom. Mold, mold is not really, uh, you know, it, it's, it's the problem is a moisture problem in buildings. So Sharon, we got you back. Great. I, I was Hi, doing I'm my here. tap. I was doing my tap. I was doing my tap dance to cover, uh, but live <laughs> shows. That's like, that's, this is makes it interesting. So as you were saying, I don't know if you remember where you're at here. I, you know, I, I don't know where I was at, but the main thing that bothers me is if, the physicians were taught that these buildings really do cause these types of illnesses, then people would know to get out before the symptoms become disabling and the physicians would know how to treat them. But not only that, um, landlords would know that my negligence is causing this person to become extremely ill. And, you know, maybe that doesn't matter to the big military housing landlords, but it does matter to little individual landlords who have their, they, they're not out there to kill their tenants. They just, no, no, I, I don't think don't most people know. are not malicious. Honestly, no. they, you know, it's lack, lack of knowledge or misinformation or misunderstanding right. is, is big, a bigger issue. I agree. Right. And, and so if this little fraud would just go away as that's used as false proof that the moldy buildings don't cause these 
disabling neurocognitive and, um, and, and inflammatory health issues. If, if, that, if HHS could just like take a, an eraser and take everywhere where they have that in their policy and, and just get rid of it, um, it would help a lot to, to cause the science to be able to move forward more freely and physicians and everybody to be educated and, and mm-hmm. you know in the long run it would save insurers money if the well, if well, everybody yeah. knew what they were doing yeah and the problem is having having claims like that uh you know they, they it tends to write like it, it stops any further investigation you say this is the way it is you know it's like right. this, this is this is decided we've decided this already wait so so um on Tuesday, the White House had a, a uh, actually the first I've ever seen uh, an entire day devoted to indoor air quality, right? Coming from the White House, live streamed event. Uh, we attended that, and um, you, you know it's funny talking about a lot of a lot of the stuff that's going to happen, perhaps with the Inflation Reduction Act, uh, but also also with the Clean Air and Buildings Challenge. You know the White House announced earlier this year, uh, and one of the things that in pre-show and Susan, you and I were discussing this, uh, what was suspiciously absent and has been in all the communications, any discussions of microbiological. Oh. It's been everything's very ventilation based, maybe talking about chemicals, you know, chemicals and products, off gassing, sure, a little bit. But it, the solutions that are being offered all seem to be going down that mechanical path, the HVAC path. And that's not going to deal anything with a water damaged building. It's not going no, to address that. It's the same thing. I, I attended the Surgeon General's workshop in January of 205 and or indoor air quality. And it was the same thing. They, um, they know that buildings are making people sick, but they try, so they talk about how to clean up the buildings without addressing the elephant in the room that people are getting sick. So it's been that way since forever. It's like, yeah, we need to clean up these buildings, but we don't want to cause anybody liability for, you know, for making people sick by acknowledging that people are so sick. It's well, I mean, but, but think about it, though, but the way our political, I mean, if you talk to the United States, where our political systems work currently, you know, there's a lot of money in politics and there's a lot of private interest money in politics. And, you know, a lot of people are beholding to a lot of other people. And, you know, I don't know how we, you know, effectively move this forward. You know, right. Because it's very hard. Anything that's going to cost people with money money, they don't really care to have done <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, it's just. um, Is there a path for? Is there a path forward to actually getting, uh, some sort of uh, real change? You know, real real positive action here. Well, I mean, I don't think you can do it with government in general, but I think there's a lot of private sector physicians that are getting more aware, and but. it's hard. It's not going to come from HHS very easily. You know, I think, I don't know if I said this by the camera is rolling or not, but um, in 2017, my path crossed with Javier Becerra. He's the secretary of HHS now. Mm-hmm. And um, I was, I was working the court corruption side of the issue at the time. The slap fixing to frame me. And um, I asked him, if I could have a criminal investigation of the slap fixing. And I don't think he really even understood exactly what I was asking him because he said, if Mrs. Kramer has some matter she would like to bring to the attention of my office, the Department of Justice, we'll certainly consider that. We always will. <laughs> so anyway, I'm um I'm 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 trying to gingerly figure out how to address Secretary Becerra and tell him, hey, you know that that uh, corruption problem you said I could have an investigation of? Well, now you're heading the federal department where that crime began. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I mean, I guess it's the, the uh, nuance here is, uh, you know, how you get through the door and actually, I mean, the thing is, I, I believe not, not, I don't think every politician is, you know, is totally owned in, in, 
unable to actually do positive change. I think many people in office actually are there for good reasons and want yeah, to be able to, you know, serve the public and stuff. So I, I so I, I didn't mean to like categorize every politician as corrupt and being bought off by big business. Cause I don't, I don't feel that way, but, but I, I think the system in general makes it, makes it hard for people to do the right thing. Right. And then something like this, it's diff It's hard for people to grasp, even politicians, decision makers. How do you go to um, extrapolations added to data from one rat study to just, I mean, it's trillions in fraud by now, medical legal fraud, because it's impacted. Right, because that's compounded. I mean, that, that thing's yeah. been cited and cited. And, cited. and, and that, that, see, but the problem is, is to expect an elected official to, ha to have um, subject matter expertise so they can, you know, even underst understand a lot of these topics. That, that That's what happens, like, even the mold licensing in states. I can speak to New York, you know, licensing mm -hmm. in New York. I think the legislators, when they pushed that through in 2015 and got it signed, had all good intent. It was post-Hurricane Sandy. They were trying to get rid of the fraud, help the consumers. But they pushed through legislation that they didn't really understand the impact of it or how to really even craft it. And, exactly. and, and, that's, and that's the other problem. So, you know, a lot of times it's not even ill intent. It's good intent, but they, they screw it up. Right. So that's what, um, you know, I'm probably going to get killed for this. Just oh, I hope kidding, not. kind of. But, you know, I have. The, <laughs> we might we yeah. might both get wiped out over this. Who yeah. knows? <laughs> but, you know, I have a White House cabinet member who's helming HHS on video pledging to investigate what I, I mean, you know, I'm just calling it what it is. Mm -hmm. It's an organized crime with misuse of government assets that furthers it. And um, so I'm going to do my best to get him to honor that pledge. I don't think he had a clue what I was telling him when I first told him. But, um, you know, if he's going to be in charge of HHS, he really needs to understand what I told him and what he's already pledged to do. So, so we'll see. So, so, so uh, we're almost out of time, but looking forward. So, Sharon, so... I mean, you've been, you've been fighting this battle for 21 years. Uh, uh -huh. Anything new on the horizon that you're going to be doing, or is like you know? We're... Um, I have some things I'm working or... on, but I don't really want to talk about them right now. Okay. But you know, I'm also I'm 66 years old now, and I have like two little twin grandbabies, and you know, I like to go do things. So I'm kind of like um, I don't spend as much time on this issue as I used to. Um, I, I'm. I'm lucky to be able to go off and play with my family. So my husband and all. So sure. Sure. Under, understood. Understood. And again, this isn't your job. I mean, you're, this is, no. this is, this is something that's like a, your crusade basically, you know, which is uh, uh, for lack of a better term. Um, well, and it's they forced me to stay in the issue because I, they framed I, me for libel. So, yeah, that, I mean, that's a pretty serious thing. I mean, you know, it suddenly, suddenly your position became criminal charges, which is like, crazy oh it wasn't even it, it, it was it was really dirty it, they put me in jail for civil contempt of court which isn't a crime and somehow the computer changed to give <laughs> me a false criminal fbi record i mean come on and then it took six months before they the sheriff department would remove that false criminal fbi record so you know i never meant to be like number public enemy number one in my government or anything i've just been trying to tell the truth for 21 years so well, you ruffled feathers oh yeah severely yeah well and it's i think a lot of it you know maybe i could be a um i could not speak so directly and maybe that would help some maybe i ruffle feathers because i'm a bitch but you know it's just that's just the way I speak and that's the way I communicate and I'm just doing the best I can. So well, you know, nuanced discussion has never been one of my uh fortes either. So I, I get that. And here's the thing, you know, I, I kudos to you for at least, you know, standing standing up for, you know, literally decades, uh, you know you know, trying to at least bring, bring this to light because you know, without, you know, in the absence of that, if somebody doesn't do that, then it doesn't come to light. And, right. you know, it just, the problem keeps, keeps 
going forward. You know, and the the other problem is I, I the way I would say it is the the longer that uh you know, something's considered acceptable, the harder it's going to ever be to change it. Right. So. And that's what, it just breaks my heart sometimes. If the court hadn't been framing me for libel since 2005, I mean, at that point when they first started, this scam was less than three years old. And, you know, if they had acknowledged that was a slap suit right from the beginning, um, I don't know how many lives would have been changed and the yeah. prod would not have gone farther, but yeah, but here we are. Yeah. Here we but are. anyway, so, so uh, you know, that's mainly what I want it to be known that HHS is, um, is used to commit insurer fraud in the mold issue with false proof that moldy buildings are not causing disabling neurocognitive damages. And, and that's not going to change until somebody at HHS makes it change. I, I, I guess we make that your closing statement. Yeah. It sounds like one. Um, so Sharon Kramer, um, absolutely uh, a pleasure to have you on the show. We've never actually had a chance. I mean, we're virtually meeting. We haven't met in person before, but um, you know, I followed you over the years and I, uh, thank you. Thank you for joining us today in the show. Um, certainly want to hear, uh, you know, what's going on with your future you know, uh, initiatives in this area. And, you know, I, as the story changes or as new, new stuff comes to light, um, we'd love to bring you back and, and share it and, you know, discuss this further. Okay. Well, thank you, Bob. Thanks for having me on because um, I think the time is right to get this information out there about the fraud and the mold issue. And um, it's time to, I think timing's right to bring it to an end. So I appreciate you letting me come on. At our pleasure. So, um, yeah, so that's that's all our time for this week. Uh, it goes it, it goes so fast, especially when we have a, especially when we have a short uh, downtime with uh, internet problems. This, yeah. you know, in all honesty, Sharon, this is one of the first times we've actually lost a guest then to bring them back on. So for two years, I don't feel bad live streaming that long, that many, you know, hundreds and hundreds of hours. Eh, you know, you're gonna have a few glitches. That, that makes sense. It's um, it's me. Every once in a while, I lose my internet connection. I don't even know why that is. Uh, I, I don't even, I hate to say it, but our studios here in Syracuse, we have issues too. And we have like super fast business, high speed broadband. Yeah. Sometimes mm -hmm. anyway. So, um, so we'll be back next week. Uh, same, same time. Uh, so on the 20th, we have uh, Bill Spone and uh, um, we may have another guest with him again, continuing our conversation from last week on some of the stuff going on with the HVAC uh aspects of the uh, federal initiatives the um the clean air and buildings uh challenge as well as the inflation reduction act and how that may affect the industry so we're gonna we're gonna take a, a little bit different angle on that and look at you know how that might be affecting our industry going forward um again if you're not part of the healthy indoors online global community you should check it out global.healthyindoors.com is the site for that um, so you can get you there. Even if you're not a member, you can see a lot of the public access, like our shows and uh, a lot of the publications. And of course, you can become a member, uh, you know, by actually becoming a member. And to do that, you uh, go to the healthyindoors.global uh, site, which is a nice little landing page that gets you there. And it uh, gives you the opportunity to sign up and become a member of the organization or the, uh, the platform, which is uh, a lot more than just our healthy indoor stuff, but an opportunity to network with other individuals and professionals from around the planet. Um, so uh, great shows coming up. Uh, again, uh, special thanks to Sharon for taking the time out of her day to be here with us this week. We greatly appreciate that. Um, we'll be back again 1 p.m. Uh, Eastern Daylight Time uh, next, uh, next week for the Healthy Indoors show. Until uh, that time, I'm Bob Krell. Stay healthy. <laughs>